And then I started to think about all the issues that we have as women and how we feel that we need to be pretty and how horrible that is. And as we get older, we're trying to keep our youth, which is ridiculous because the older we get, the richer our soul gets and the, and the knowledge and the bravery and everything we've come through. To get to that age and to show age on your face should be celebrated as a beautiful thing. Hello and welcome to the Women and ADHD podcast. I'm your host, Katie Weber. Before we get started, the following is a review on the Apple podcast platform from a listener called Cassie with a cheese emoji. It's called This Is My Happy Place. Since discovering the Women and ADHD podcast, I have a renewed sense of self-worth. It is easy to spiral when you get a diagnosis in adulthood that would have made certain struggles more manageable throughout one's life. I was ready to go down a lonely, hopeless path when I thought things couldn't get better, even after starting proper treatment, medication, therapy, etc. The truth is that my story is not unique. Many adult women have been overlooked and misdiagnosed for not outwardly presenting with the traditional attributes that society and some medical professionals continue to associate with ADHD. I am beyond thankful to listen to Katie and her insightful guests every week. I still struggle with eating, sleeping, executive function, and impulsivity, to name a few things, but every episode gives me ideas on how to not only cope with my symptoms, but to truly thrive. Sometimes it's just nice to be reminded that I'm not lazy or crazy. Thank you for all that you do and for welcoming me into this network of strong women. Wow, this is such a powerful statement and I'm so grateful you shared it, Cassie. This sums up perfectly how so many of us feel about our late diagnosis journey and how we are redefining our relationship with ourselves and our brains. I'm so glad you found this podcast and it's been helping you in this way and that you shared your review. For everyone else listening, if you've been enjoying these interviews and have found these conversations to be helpful, please take a quick moment to leave a review or even just head over and give it five stars. It really helps other women find this podcast so that they too can begin to truly understand who they are and know that they're not alone and that it is possible to lean into our gifts and strengths and redefine our view of ourselves through the lens of ADHD. Okay, here we are at episode 66 in which I interview Karis Knight. Karis is a visual artist based in Scotland. Her ongoing project called The Vow, The Voice of Women, came about in an effort to showcase how diverse and multifaceted we are as women. She interviews and gets to know her subjects and encourages them to offer their unique perspectives and life experiences. And then she also paints them to accompany their stories. It is a beautiful project and an endeavor, and it is incredible to think that she is only 24. Karis and I talk about the concept of masking and ADHD and what it's like to have to untangle years and years of being told that we are too much. So instead we pull back on our natural impulses and hide our true selves. We also discuss the pendulum of hyperfocus and burnout, especially around gigantic projects like her recent art show. And we talk all about amplifying the voices of women and how in general we have all become so isolated and radicalized as a society and how important it is for projects like hers that highlight our similarities and help us empathize and feel connected with each other. I loved this conversation with Karis and I know you will find her delightful as well. Enjoy. Let's start off with um, kind of 
how you're such a wee lass. Uh, you're what, 24? Are you 25 at this 24, point? 24. You're 24. Oh my God. I think about how different my life would have been if I had made these connections at 24. Um, well, but like, what, what were some of the first tip-offs for you in terms of ADHD? What made you really think that this was you? So it was always something like at the back of my mind, but I was always like a I just joke about it because I didn't really ever look into it and also like I suppose like I never really like had anything that was standing out as a glaring issue I suppose what I realized now looking back is I just figured out my own way of dealing with things and things like watching how behave like especially in school I got a lot of validation from my parents so I want to do well and I try and find other ways to study and I'd make myself interested and all those kind of things but then it was that I, I seen this TED talk and I was like yeah that's me that's me yep and it's that constant need for stimulation that I just was like like stood out to me so much and it, it made me realize so many things that I hadn't actually realized that I do in my everyday life that was like related to that and then when I was working in this um during the summer I had my first art exhibition and as you can imagine like especially with ADHD like there's so much going on there's so much to think about there's so much pressure that you put on yourself to make that events like like pay off and I realized that the marketing guy that I'd hired to help me run the event and do video interviews with all the people at the event had ADHD. So he was, he noticed me spacing out throughout the event and he'd just go, Karis, you're doing this, this and this. And I'd be like, thanks James. And then I'd get on it and like get through it. And then I realized that so many people around me didn't realize what was happening in the inside of my head and things like that happened. But because it was something that he could relate to, um, I then realized that like, oh, yeah, if I if never now if I can pay attention to this, I can learn coping mechanisms that actually work and instead of just going, Oh, stop being so stupid or so daft, like I can go right that so that is identify it and then like solve the problem. So yeah, that's pretty much how I realized that I had it and it's it's very much like a new journey for me. But yeah, it feels so like such a sense of relief to be able to put how you're feeling into words that other people can relate to as well. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It's, it is something interesting to talk about too, with people who don't really like, I, I think when I first was diagnosed with ADHD, it just felt like, I felt like my whole life made sense. You know, like I was so happy. I wanted to shout it from the rooftops and, <laughs> and then, right. Because it just was like, oh, like you said, like, it was like, I'm not yelling, you know, I'm not down on myself anymore. Like I yeah. really feel like I can, I can find the accommodations that I need and I can do the things I need to get the stuff done. And, mm -hmm. and like, I just felt so amazing about it. And then when I started telling people I have ADHD, the reaction was sort of like, Oh, I'm sorry. You know, like I realized people think when you talk about ADHD that you're talking about a disorder because it's called a disorder. And so they yeah. talk about it, like you have this, horrible thing happening and you're like well no the not diagnosed part was horrible right, yeah. <laughs> the diagnosis part is actually the greatest thing that's ever happened to me right it so is. it's like you go back and forth because it's it can be so difficult to talk about with people uh, who don't understand how this can be like the greatest yeah. and worst thing ever yeah, you know it's so true <laughs> and to live in it's that so paradox true. at all times I bouncing know, right? back and forth yeah <laughs> literally bouncing <laughs> yeah right and so I think again like why it's so important for us to find each other you know and to be able to talk about these shared experiences experiences and to talk about yeah. things and not have people kind of roll their eyes or just or just like look give you that look that we've all gotten in our lives which is like oh 
Kate, take it down a notch or, or like, all right, I don't know what's happening here, but I'm just going to slowly back away from you. Like, you know, all those things that we've experienced, we can just sort of crash together and be like, oh my God, this too, and this too, and this too. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't remember what we were talking about. Oh yeah. Okay. So, um, so, but, oh, you're using the example of the guy who was doing the marketing for you, right? Like that's such an, a perfect example of like a way to feel seen and to feel like yeah. you had the accommodation of him saying like, all right, let's get back on track. Let's do this What's thing, the you know? Feeling. <laughs> yeah. feeling. And I think when I talk about, you know, when we talk about like the struggle of living with ADHD, a lot of it, you know, because I ask myself that all the time. I'm like, how much am I struggling? Right. Because we ask mm-hmm. ourselves obsessively yeah. all, you know, we we look <laughs> at our lives obsessively. That's part of our personalities. And so I'm always like, how much am I struggling? How much did I struggle? And I, from talking to so many different women, like realizing how so much of our experience depends on how much structure and accommodations we had earlier in our mm-hmm. life. Right. So like mm-hmm. you just saying, like you had validation from your parents yeah. is something that can, that, that changes the course of your life. Right. From somebody who Literally. didn't have that. Right. And so it's amazing to me how, when I, when we talk about ADHD, like our, our experience is so similar in so many ways. And yet at the same time also can be wildly different in terms uh-huh. of how we grew up. Right. And, and sure. you know, how we were treated or how we were exactly. supported. Yeah. And then For to sure. think like, you know, to find that I have people who are listening or finding this podcast all over the world. Like it amazes yeah. me yeah. Um, <laughs> that there's this, so, I mean, and then, you know, we're technically 10% of the population, but I think it's way more. <laughs> yeah. And especially know. in women, like, I think it's so underdiagnosed because that's what I realized in myself, like, how good I am at masking things. Like, my peri- I've, this is what I've realized like, recently. My peripheral vision is so good. I can be looking at this, but I can be watching everything else to watching how everyone else is acting in a room to how then. And I didn't realize I was doing that, like. To, to realize how I should be reacting like it's mad like yeah to not know that is what you're thinking or doing that's funny I like that I wonder if that I mean even just reading on your website when you were like the idea for my art project came because I was doing occupational therapy and I was like even just that statement <laughs> is ADHD in its own right where you're just <laughs> did this um, did that a little bit of this <laughs> Uh, but the way in which like our resumes always look like somebody just threw a bunch of stuff in the air and it all just landed because we <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And someone said to me when they came into the exhibition that I've just recently finished, they said, Caris, like um my girlfriend before I came in here was saying, I wonder what drugs she's on to make this to make this artwork. And then he said, I turned to her after seeing you buzzing around in the room. Like, yeah, no, I think that's just her personality. I was like, obviously, and then by this point, I was talking to them. And I'm like, yeah, look, and you just, it is that energy you've got all the time. And it comes from me, just comes out in color. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so stimulating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, yeah, I do. Okay, uh, let me just backtrack a little, because I do want to talk about what you're doing as an artist and your project. And yeah, yeah, you yeah, just no, had that. Um, <laughs> but first, I would just want to go back to like, it through this ADHD lens now, do you look mm-hmm. back at your childhood, especially, and think like, oh my God, the signs were there all along? Yeah, like I do. And I think that's the thing that I was mentioning with my mom and the validation. And also like, 
every single school report I'd get is, oh, she's so bubbly anywhere she moves in the class, like she's just like chatting to someone. And I remember one of my school report cards saying I just had to, I took my shoes off all the time because like, I just like, I just felt so restricted. Like that was when I was in primary school and just the rules, like I couldn't deal with the rules and I was in detention all the time, but it was never like she's a bad child. And also a thing I didn't realise um, and I don't know how well known this is, but this is what I've seen on the TED Talk, is a lot of um, people who have got ADHD are diagnosed with asthma because they wheeze when they're younger. And I was diagnosed with asthma when I was younger. And what, she, what this woman said on the TED Talk was, um, you go to the asthma appointments, you never take any of your inhalers because you forget it was part of your daily routine. There's no way you're remembering that. But you go there and they're like, yeah, you're like the best patient. And that was always me. And then I think back to the fact, the point that when they said to me that I had an asthma attack, actually, was I having an anxiety attack? And it was just like, no one realised that that's what it was. I don't know. Um, but like, I don't have any asthmatic symptoms like now growing up. And I, it does, it does change. But um, that, that was one of the things with Bella. I was like, wow, like, yeah, I have been diagnosed with asthma. And have I actually got it? Like, it never hindered me in any way. So that's interesting. That is really <laughs> um, interesting. Yeah. I, you know, I've, I've spoken with guests about the connection between like histamine and the, and like the genetic component of like the MTHFR mm. gene and ADHD and like all mm. of it. I mean, it's just dizzying when you start to really like un you know peel back the onion layers but yeah there yeah. has been some interesting research done around allergies and our and histamine and ADHD I but I never thought about that connection between like asthma and anxiety right and like mm -hmm. breathing because I certainly like my when my anxiety manifests it, it manifests in feeling like I can't fill my lungs. Right. And so yeah. there is that panic where you're like, Oh my God, I'm what's I'm dying. <laughs> you know? And then, and then you're like, Oh, right. No, that's anxiety. So I'm curious, that would be a really interesting study of like how many people were misdiagnosed yeah. with, um, any kind of like any sort of respiratory issues as children. That is really interesting for sure. And also what she, what she said was sometimes they know that it's not asthma, but if the parent, like she's saying as a good parent, um, if you're looking at that and you know that that's the signs and symptoms for asthma, you ask about asthma. And if that if that, that ticks the boxes, sometimes that's what the doctor is diagnosed as because they don't want to start looking into like a mental disorder, if you like, if the parents haven't raised haven't raised up themselves. And I was like, that is very interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah, you're right. That's true. You know, um, a lot of issues, a lot of us grind our teeth at night, right? And so that's totally a thing with ADHD. <laughs> and so a lot of people have like TMJ uh, issues, right? With your jaw and your inner ear. And so oh. you, th then the inner ear leads to issues with vertigo, right? And dizziness. And there's this whole connection between tooth grinding and our wow. jaws. And I've talked to, I had this experience too. And because I had had some sinus allergies growing up, I went to an ENT when I started getting vertigo. Cause I was like, wow. I think I thought it was sinus. And it was like, you just said, like, I, I assumed it was sinus related. So I went to an ENT and was like, help me with this sinus problem. And so they mm -hmm. started treating it like it was a sinus mm -hmm. issue. I, yeah. And it turned out it was like, and it wasn't getting any better and it was getting worse because of the teeth grinding. And it was finally a dentist who said, no, you know, it's actually, this is what is the cause of it. And if you can, yeah. if you can stop the teeth grinding, wow. um, but like, yeah, it's like you zero in on what you think the issue is. And yeah. a lot of the time, you know, medical professionals are just more interested in treating 
the pain than well, they are in really thinking about what yeah. the source is, right? So if like when you, so who wants to who wants to unpack the source of anxiety in a child? You know, I'm sure a doctor's like, I don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. It's so true. But that's another thing. I've only recently discovered now that I've got anxiety this whole time. I just thought because I think I learned very early on to how to turn that nervous energy into excitement. I'm just excited all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think I just I'm just I always say to myself I'm usually excitable, but now I'm realizing that I'm highly anxious <laughs> all the time. Well, I think a lot of the time the anxiety comes from, you know, wanting to be well-behaved, right? I mean, so like yeah. not only as females do we want to be likable, um, but we're probably like a lot of us were told by our teachers that we were too much or too talkative yeah. or like all these ways that we're yeah. told as women growing up that we're too much of something. Too much. Too and much. So, right? And so like our job, we feel like we will be better if we are smaller, right? That's what women are taught. We have to be taught to be less and be smaller. Mm-hmm. And so like, of course, anxiety is the, is the result of that recipe, right? Of like trying wow, to be, yeah. trying to pull yourself back all the time and not knowing why you do what you do because you have all of these impulses and you're being told you're wrong your whole life. You know, there's ways in which we are just told over and over again by the adults in our life that we're doing things wrong, you know? And that's why it's like, of course I have depression and anxiety as an adult. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know it's so, it's just mind blowing thinking about the ways in which, you know, this all connects to this one diagnosis. I know. And I think that's what I find so mad that like, you can go through this far in your life and just and and not realize that that's what it is but I know for myself like I was always so scared of getting into trouble I'd like hyper focus all the time on how not to get into trouble and how to be better and how to and I realized now like in my head all the time I was always thinking that right how can I do this and then if I can do this and then obviously because you are thinking so fast like I could get to that conclusion quite quickly and then learn how to fit in and learn how to then not be sent to detention because they've been told me four times to stop talking (laughs) and I just can't (laughs) Mm -hmm, right and that's yeah I think when the concept of masking is first like introduced to us that's why I think we we relate so deeply to that sense of like having this public persona versus who we are on the inside and feeling like there's this huge divide between our public and, and private Uh, And then you're like, oh, yeah, I really relate to everything I see and read about masking. (laughs) Yeah, and it's so bizarre that you'd never, especially for me, because it's very, very much a new thing. Like, it's just like, yeah, uh uh-huh, yeah. And then things like, you're even saying, like, grinding your teeth. I was like... Okay, then, there you go. Like, that also is just well, it's, else. Fun, it's funny because, like, when people tell me that they've listened to lots of episodes of this podcast, my re- my response is, oh, like, I'm always a little embarrassed because I'm like, gosh, you know a lot about me. Like, I do not hold back on this <laughs> podcast. I, I'm like, I talk about all of my shit, all of my mess, like everything, right? I mean, it's so cathartic. I think that's so lovely though. Well, it's that's so what lovely. I mean. Like, I can't, I can't help myself. It's not like I could, yeah, it's not like I couldn't. <laughs> I don't have a choice, right? As soon as I open my mouth, like my deepest secrets always come tumbling out. But then I got a DM. I got a DM recently that was basically like, you're so together. Uh, you know, why aren't you more of a mess on your podcast? She's like, you're, you, every, all of your guests that you talk to, you're all just so accomplished and, and none of you is messy. And I was like, have you been listening to this <laughs> podcast? Like, <laughs> Like, I think that's a compliment. It sounds like a backhanded compliment. Like, I think yeah. that's a compliment, but I'm also yeah. like, girl, like, like, 
we are all messes. That's we're yeah. beautiful, chaotic right. messes, right? <laughs> yeah. And we also do amazing things, which is what is so yeah. wonderful. Like I think every woman I interviewed is brilliant and fascinating. And yeah. you know, we need to like, channel all that energy somehow. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, we definitely accomplish things, but we are anything, we are definitely messes. <laughs> and I just yeah, like I had to sure. laugh. I was like, I don't even know how to respond to this message. Like, yeah. like if you <laughs> if you are feeling like I am super together, I mean, I guess the fact that I can even release a podcast every week is a big deal. Uh, that is true. That is so true. Right. And I, I definitely like, I, I, oh, realizing how many projects I have dropped and like, you know, things I've gone for or like really super interested in and then drop them. Like I realized that this is taking a bit of extra from me to even continue doing this. Yeah. So and I it's definitely actually like, something that you genuinely like want to be here for and to do. Otherwise you wouldn't be doing it. Like I think that's what's so lovely. Yeah. And I think like that energy definitely shows as well. And that's just nice. It's this a nice space to be in then. <laughs> um yeah, right. So but in, you know, I feel like I, I definitely need to like rebrand. If anybody thinks that this that this podcast is all about being like um you know, having a, having our shit together. <laughs> I need to like, I need to yeah. change the, uh, the, uh, the introduction or something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> when I was diagnosed with ADHD, it completely turned my world upside down. I looked back at so much of my life, my grades in school, my multiple careers and hobbies, my friendships, my marriage, motherhood, my relationship with food and my body, like all of this with a new lens and it was overwhelming to say the least. If you've been diagnosed with ADHD and you're feeling blown away by this new insight into your brain and how it operates, I totally understand. I can help you begin to sort through this chaos, explore who you are and how your brain operates so you can finally start to lean into your strengths and begin to use them to your advantage moving forward. Together, we can work to identify what obstacles you've been facing and create strategies to help you start living a more fulfilling, gratifying life. Head over to womeninadhd.com coaching to book a 30-minute initial consult with me so we can figure out if my brand of one-on-one -on -one coaching is right for you. Again, that's womeninadhd.com coaching, and you can find that link in the episode show notes. Uh, let's talk about, or, well, no, I was curious, so just going back to your childhood and your parents, like what, have you talked to them about ADHD? Is it something that they even were aware yeah. of? So I still live at home just now. Um, and I told my mom I've got ADHD. She says, Carrie's absolutely, like, she says, no, you don't. And I, like, I texted her, like, when I think of ADHD and I sent her the, I sent her the link, the, the TED talk I just watched. And she said, no, you don't. And then half an hour later after she watched the TED talk, she went, hmm. I think I do too. <laughs> <laughs> and then the two of us are sitting there because I got on so well with my mum. And it makes so much sense because but my mum's a makeup artist for film and TV. So she's always in such a creative environment. It's always changing all the time. And but she's very like impulsive. And at work, she's learned how to be very organized because it's how she manage she manages everything. Whereas at home, she's not. And then the two of us were having a conversation, like, hmm, okay then. Like now and now we see this. But my sister also had um had has dyslexia. So her school life was very, very hard and she got bullied. So I think a lot of the attention was on her. So my misbehaving wasn't that bad because I was still getting good grades in school because that's how I knew how to please them because that's what they wanted. So I just work out a way in my head how I do that. 
at least in the subjects that I like the ones I didn't like I, I just I'll drop them later on mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was all fine but I think like after like they know now that after talking to them and now they're just like ah there's like that aha moment okay yeah that makes sense to be honest <laughs> which is nice oh my god I love that right I feel like yeah. we should get we should get like finders fees for everybody that we for everyone yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that we convert because yeah it is that sense of like you know and there's always well and I think when people say you don't have ADHD it really just like reinforces a lot of the stigma because a lot of the times people mm-hmm. say you don't have ADHD because you got good grades or you've got a job or like it's usually like you couldn't possibly have ADHD because you are successful yeah. and you're like no 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 yeah. you don't understand like <laughs> yeah. those things are entirely possible <laughs> right in fact yeah. quite a lot of us do really well and that's not what this yeah. is yeah. yeah I love that story yeah. that your your mom comes back and she's like yeah I think I have it too I think I have it too <laughs> I was, yeah, it was so funny because <laughs> it, it is hereditary, isn't it? Uh, oh yeah, it is absolutely. Yeah. I know, and I think yeah. When I first put the pieces together in my own life, I went over and I was like thinking about everybody in my life, and I called up my brothers and I was like, "So guess what? <laughs> <laughs> At least one of them, I think, definitely has it. Um, yeah. The other one, I'm not quite sure about." But uh, yeah, and um, I know you always you go over everybody like thinking about how it manifests, and then I'm yeah. thinking about my own kids. And uh, um, okay, so now I want to hear more about the voice of women because this is amazing, and and I think also we touched on it a little bit in the beginning, but I want you to tell me about like how you came to the idea because of it was COVID, yeah. right? And yeah. You're so you were in school. Are you still in school for occupational therapy? Or no, I was meant to start back yesterday. I'm not starting back. I'm just going to do this full time now. It's what like I, I want oh, yeah. oh, that's awesome. Yeah, um, I know. But you well, obviously were doing that, but... art before. Were you? You were obviously no, an artist. No. <laughs> well, I I did it in my spare time, but I would never call myself an artist. Mm. Um, and I I I seen this artist doing really well, and I was like, I could paint that. Like, why am I doing that if she can do that? And then I just said to myself, I need to think of a really sick concept. And what I've learned now, like, what I've realised now is with ADHD, we were great at problem solving, right? Because you just can't stop thinking until the problem's (laughs) solved. So I had this list of problems. One of them was after George Floyd passed away, not passed away, was killed, um, that... I, I went to a protest and there was a woman, a black woman standing up there talking about all the experience she'd had. And now I've got mixed ethnicity, so um, my nana is half white, half black. So a lot of my cousins are black. And I was very much like, this is there's something really not okay with this. So that was a problem because I was like, in the inside we're the same. And we're a woman and we experience the thing of being a woman. But on top of that, they have everything that means to be black on top of that. And I don't like how that is. And I want that to be an issue. And then I started to think about all the issues that we have as women and how we feel that we need to be pretty and how horrible that is. And as we get older, we're trying to keep our youth, which is ridiculous because the older we get, the richer our soul gets and the, and the knowledge and the bravery and everything we've come through to get to that age and to show age on your face should be celebrated as a beautiful thing but you can't make money from that and these 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 corporations can't make money from us if we're not buying beauty products so what's a better way for us so then there was all that problem and then I'd done this one painting that I was in that style where the eyes were cut off and it was just the mouth and then I it just came into my head with the voice of woman 
voice of women and then we can look at women because I'm a woman and then at least as humans we need to have a box to associate ourselves with to let the barriers down so then I'm like I can contact women to um allow women to make this connection and then I can talk about just to start off breaking down the barriers everything that we experience as women and the feelings that we have about being pretty and our egos and what that means we're so much more than that right we're brave we're we're knowledgeable we raise families and actually families isn't everything that a woman is either and actually even if you identify as a woman and you don't have the typical genitals of a woman then that doesn't make you any less a woman if that's what you identify as and that's what I wanted to take all of that away and focus on who we are on the inside and but I didn't want to take things like race and the outward outward being away completely because then for me that's taken away that experience which is why I made it half and half to try and make at least the focus be equally on our insides and our and our beautiful insides and our bravery and our knowledge as well as the outer body and at least have this better balance between the two because it's never going to go away completely and it would be daft to think at this stage we could make it go away but by 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 producing these images in this way it can then spark conversations between people and then I was trying to think, how can I better raise a community um, with the people that I'm working with? I was like, I can get charities involved and I can talk to the charities about what I'm doing and I can support the charities by donating the paintings to the charities. And then all this just came out on paper when I tried to write my end of year exam for occupational therapy. And it was even, and that was because I was trying to take in all the things from occupational therapy, which is about seeing the person as an individual, taking into consideration their culture and seeing the, the, their life through their eyes and not your own. So I, the women also write their life story and the reason I don't change any of that because who am I to change their story and write it in my words I want it to be from how they see it and then what I realized by doing that and then writing their story issues that can be very controversial are no longer controversial because it's just that person's view on life and how can you argue with that we can have conversations around the issues surrounding that but it doesn't involve that woman that involves other things and that woman is always going to be in the middle of that conversation to come back to and agree with their perspective because that just is it just is because that's the, that's how they're seeing it so I basically just had all these problems I wanted to solve and then this project just allowed me to do that and it allowed me to use my art and also I love about painting is I can't forget I'm painting when I'm holding a paintbrush in my hand like <laughs> It's something that even if my mind's drifting away, I always come back to it pretty quickly and don't get too distracted as long as I keep the paintbrush in my hand and don't put it down. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's where all that came from. And that's why I decided, like, this is what I feel that my path from all the different random things that I'm doing from... I'm also doing yoga teacher training because I want to have like a wellness centre and a safe place for people to come and be vulnerable because there's none of that. And I think... I don't know if it's maybe through my experience with ADHD or not, but you can't have a filter, right? It's like, as you're saying, like what you're thinking in your head just comes out. And I realise that not a lot of people live their lives like that and they see that being that vulnerable as a bad thing and a negative. And it's not, it's a beautiful thing to be that vulnerable and wear your heart on your sleeve all the time because people can then connect with you. And if everyone is using if everyone is coming to each other in that way instead of in a manipulative way and trying to use their weaknesses to their advantage then it's a beautiful thing and we all want to be loved and we all want to connect with people from the heart and we all get that rush of dopamine when we find connection in someone and there's all things that we can connect with with everyone that we we come in contact with that we can 
find a common ground even if they're halfway across the world even if they're not like the human experience we just want to feel love and feel safe and if we're not feeling that then it's because of different traumas and different things that we've been around and if someone if we don't like a certain person it's because they're not making us feel safe and they're probably don't like us because we're doing the same for them and when we strip all that down we all have the same human needs and it's ridiculous that we try and put ourselves all in these outer boxes that don't need to exist if we just if someone doesn't like the way that someone's treating them we just put our hands up and say oh I'm sorry I treated you that way instead of oh like if someone is like this or if someone is in this box like LGBTQ and you say something wrong you're going to get shouted down your throat that person doesn't know if, if we come to each other with a place of openness and a place from the heart then those conversations aren't going to be an aggressive thing it's then just like oh I'm sorry I didn't mean to offend you instead of running from the ego which I just can't stand mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah yeah and I think you know it's such this like incredible antidote to um kind of what we're experiencing now, especially with, with the lockdown and the pandemic and like how many of us have started to live the the majority of our lives online, you know, so we've all become one dimensional. Right. And so you think about like how social media has, has created this like polarization, right. Of this polarization in politics, polarize, you know, these, and, and the more polarized we become, the more radicalized we become. So like, you know, in the U S like, you know, tr- somebody being a Trump supporter is basically like synonymous with being yeah. like the devil. Right. And you know, that that's not necessarily true. Um, but it's really, really difficult to, to bring back, you know, to pull back on that radicalization when, when, you know, you think about how social media is feeding you these ideas over and over again, and same with like COVID and and the vaccine and like all of, and, and so it's so interesting to me, like to think about like how important empathy is in our lives and how much it's lacking. Right. And, and when talking to women and talking about our experience with, with undiagnosed ADHD, you think about how, like I was saying earlier, like how our, our lives end up so different based on how we're socialized. Right. And, and, Mm -hmm. and when the socialization comes with, with accommodations or it comes with privileges. And so you really start to see the social inequity in our Mm -hmm. experiences. Right. And, and black lives matter is such a perfect example of like blowing the lid off of the inequities that are existing in our society. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so it's been like, I feel like even just through the ADHD conversations, like it's been so powerful to speak to and be aware of the experiences of being neurodivergent and growing up as a person of color versus growing up as a white person. Right. And like, that must be so true. Yeah. Because so much of this comes down to like we were saying, like behaving and being a Mm -hmm. good person and not Mm -hmm. speaking up and not being a rabble rouser or, you know, all of these ways in which we are told to like, well, just, shut up and keep in your place and don't you know don't reach out and And don't try to like empathize and I think it's that I think that's the thing like with what you're saying with if if you've had a safe environment and like going back to what I'm saying as as, like all we want to do as humans is to feel love and to feel safe and if when we're in that place then we can we we show our best self so if like and I think for someone like me who's grown up in that environment then my ADHD can become a superpower instead of 
the anxiety and the depression and which it can definitely bring. Whereas for me and, and the nervousness and all that, I've learned to put into an ex- to into excitement and to make me do things and to make me like active and, and to and to work towards achieving the goals that I want. But I can only imagine how then that that then I mean and the self-doubt has been a huge part of my journey, but I can only imagine how much worse that must be for someone who hasn't grown up in that in, in that space of love and safety. So the 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 energy turns into like severe anxiety and trauma. So then they're operating from that place of trauma. And as I think you are a lot more sensitive being when you're running like on that high energy all the time. You're a lot more sensitive to that traumatic energy as well. And like that that's such a huge part of the discussion that like that I, I think is kind of like must be like uh, like not like not even seen upon because like it can be a superpower and it can be this amazing thing, but like anything and anyone, even if you're not operating from that space, if you've come from trauma and even like aggression, things like the, the aggression that we have in our society, it always comes from a place and it comes from something, right? It's not just they're just caught. It's like, as, like, it's like, like, as I'm saying, like as humans, that's not the natural place where we want to operate from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then to just bring it full circle, like, as a society, we're not willing to look at the source, right? We just want to like tidy it up and like fix things now and like as fast as yeah. and easy as possible. And as or opposed to really to. trying. Yeah, well, that's true. It is, it is an enormous dismantling of our culture mm. that is long overdue. But I think at the same time, like, um, I think projects like what you're doing are, are really get to that, the heart of how important it is to see each other and, with empathy and to really kind of um understand experiences and to share and you know learn about ourselves and it and makes those just... connections it's like as what you were saying at the very beginning those connections and when you can make those genuine connections with people it's such a beautiful thing like we are social beings we come from tribes way back when like that's how we've like whatever your beliefs are, like have grown and evolved to be whatever word you want to put on that. But we've developed as a society massively, however you want to put that. But we, we, we've come from groups of people and villages and tribes and all these things. And now we're living a lot of the time in our own, in solidarity, in our homes. And then we get massive egos. So we're like, oh, I'm so independent. I'm so independent. And this is something that I've spoken about a lot on my Instagram. None of us are independent. <laughs> like I don't know like where the, my gas comes from and someone else has been digging all that to even get that and the clothes that I wear well I didn't make them and the food well I just went to the supermarket and like the, the postman delivered my mail so it's like actually do I have the skills to be able to fit in all those roles no so am I hell independent like we need to coexist as a society or we're useless <laughs> we can't even look after our own bodies unless you've studied in healthcare we rely on someone else to do that for us as well right (laughs) any other parents out there who have struggled to instill good financial habits into their kids i know i have and that's why i'm so excited to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode go henry by acorns the smart debit card and app for kids 6 through 18 with go henry kids can learn about money set spending and saving goals and even track chores and earn allowance money right within the app they learn the value of money by using their go henry debit cards while we as parents can set spend limits and help guide their journey while staying informed every step of the way 
It gives me so much peace of mind to know that I'm using a smart tool to proactively teach my kids about money and prepare them for future success. Set your kids up for success and get started today at gohenry.com slash women ADHD. Again, that's gohenry.com slash women ADHD. TNCs apply, renews from $4.99 per month unless canceled. Yeah, that's so amazing. So now you just had a show or you're in the middle of a show yeah. or what's going on? Um, I had a show in London. It was the first show I'd ever done. Like I'd wanted to own myself. I was working in a bakery to be able to do it. Um, and then like I just put it on, like I just rented a space, rented a gallery on Portobello Road in London and just went for it. And it was the best week ever like I just had all these people all week coming into my space wanting to talk about important subjects because if they didn't I just told them to leave like that's my space that I control what's going on here and I think that's when I realized like where a lot of those superpowers come in because you've got that energy to last all day and actually it was the best feeling ever going home and feeling like I've ran out of all my energy I was like this is this is how people feel after a long hard day they they don't have any of the energy left and they can't talk to anyone I love it Um, and so had you already decided that you were going to do this full time or was it the show that really kind of put you over the edge no I I mean I kept telling my mum that after if I sold five paintings by the end of the year I wouldn't go back but I know my heart's not in it and then I know like even more I started to discover how our brains function on an and like we we can focus but when it's something that we're interested in and if we're not interested in there's no way in heck we're going to be able to focus so that's what I I said mum if I go back to uni I am not going to be able to focus on anything and I'm not going to pass any of my exams because I'm not interested I don't want to go and do a three-month placement when I'm not getting paid for when I just want painting like that makes no sense and like with a degree in occupational therapy all you can go on and do is occupational therapy and I was like I don't want to do that but because I've done three years like I could still go and be an occupational therapy assistant so that's what I was saying to my mum like I've still learned all the skills and I'm using them and that's what's so amazing I just think it's so powerful when you follow the path of life I believe in if you listen to it it takes you where you're meant to go it's because now some women and some people have come into the exhibition space and they've broken down because some of the stories have triggered um, their own emotional responses. And like me, two or three years ago would have been like, "Eh, what do I do with this human in a blubbering (laughs) mess in front of me? Like, (laughs) what do I do? Whereas now that I have my head on my trained therapist, I can talk them through that emotion and I can calm them down and be like, this is okay, this is a good release and be able to have those conversations in a proactive way instead of, uh, I'm making them feel really uncomfortable and not know what to do. So yeah, that's definitely like, it's, it's all worked out in the end. Hopefully it continues to go that way. I know, right? And it is it is always amazing to sort of trace the trace all the different things that, that have led you to this place in your life yeah. right now, right? Like yeah. I think about like, um, you know, so often we start things and we can't, fin- you know, we, we, they can't sustain our interest <laughs> yeah. for very long, right? Yeah, because yeah. we are moving on to new things. And we always just like default into thinking that we're terrible because, as a result because we can't finish things, you know, or we we only do 90% of a project and we never mm-hmm. do the last 10%. And, and we always view ourselves as this failure. And yet like, it it is amazing how all of this pulled experience from all these different things that we have tried leads us to have interesting perspectives in the next thing yeah. we try, right? Yeah. Like. 
And it does like, we're so, it just brings this like well-rounded fullness to all of our experiences in a way that you wouldn't have been able to do if you just stayed on one track for one track for 30 years. It's so uh, true. Yeah. So I'm like, I why do we put so much emphasis in how important it is to be consistent when I'm like, actually, yeah, I think it's actually, way more important to be trying a million things. Yeah. Like Shakira, oh, right? Try everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. As much as we can, for sure. And I think that allows us, I think, to be able to connect with so many other people because once you've tried so many more things, there's so many more people that you can then connect with with all these things, right? Yeah, it's absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so now we've kind of like touched on this a little bit, but if you th- if you had to think of like w- something you really love about your ADHD, what would what would be something mm, that one of the, you love? I think for me, it is the energy to do everything, and also like I'm a perfectionist, but I'm not. And I think if I see because I think in images, if I have a vision of what I want it to be done like then it needs to be done that way so I, I find it very hard sometimes to work with other people because they're not going to do it the best way that it could be in my eyes so it means I end up doing everything for myself which actually then like you could look at that in two ways but for me I really like it because I learned and learned so many new skills like how to code a website and how to then like run an Instagram platform and how to then like photograph artwork and then you get an amazing thrill when you learn these new skills whereas I think for a lot of people who think in a more linear way, that's very overwhelming to have to do all those different things. Whereas for me, it's just like, yes, so much. There's so, so many different things today. I can do this today and then that tomorrow. And it's great. <laughs> so I think having that excitement just for the diversity in life, for sure. Yeah. I love that perspective too. Cause I definitely feel like, you know, there are things that we miss out on when we do everything by ourselves. And I think that there is mm. definitely that sense, like ask for help. Um, and I think there are ways in which it's really important for us to bring help. And like, I think there are ways in which we burn ourselves out and we have to kind of find yes. that. We, we have to find <laughs> wow. that balance and definitely ask for help. Like, like when I think about like motherhood, right? Like there's a yeah. lot of times when my kids were little where I needed help and didn't even know how to ask for it. I think it's, we have a really hard time even articulating where we need help and how to ask right. for it and where to find it. And, and yeah, there is and that sense. You need <laughs> right. Exactly. And so I think there is a, like a real fine balance between like doing everything because we can, I mean, that's the other thing is that it's really tempting to do everything, to build your own website. Cause you're like, I know I can do it. Like I, I just need it. to spend yeah, the next right. 48 hours straight figuring it out. And <laughs> And that and doesn't you well proceed to do that. <laughs> right, exactly. And and so like that doesn't seem like an impossibility to us. So on the one hand, yeah, like it is amazing because then you're like, okay, check that <laughs> off my bucket list of things I needed to learn. I can do that. But I think at the same time, we also like the the messy aftermath of a life like that then becomes like, oh my God, I'm so burnt out all <laughs> And how do I get help? And how do I, where do I even need help? And how do I ask for it? And all of that stuff. So it is, but it is an amazing thing. And I think too, like when you think about like huge projects that have that kind of sustained energy and focus Mm. is something I think that is, is really powerful. I mean, I, it's just hyper-focus is just like an incredible thing. And, um, you know, we joke about like, staying up all night doing things. But like, I think that's, 
it is, it is an amazing, it is an amazing talent yeah. to have. Um, and as you long get so as we, much joy out of doing it. As yeah, well. <laughs> it's so exciting. I mean, no, like, I know, like, um, it is really exciting. I just think that when we do finish hyper-focus and we've burnt ourselves out that we, then, you know, I think then. the biggest difference for me now is that I realize what has happened. And so mm. when I need rest and when I'm burnt out, I can say to myself, like, you're not lazy right now because you can't yeah. literally can't and that's get off so the couch. Hard. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, so because we, we feel like we should have, we should have that product productivity level all the it's time. So and my like, body just ends up making myself sick. Yeah. <laughs> and I know. then we rest now and then I can be like, oh, I can rest some else. Yeah, I know. I, I wish we could appreciate rest a lot more because I feel like yeah. like now I call it recharging, right? Like I, yeah. <laughs> because it's it's just like I feel like I feel better about that. Where I'm like, oh my god, you just did something for three days straight. Yeah. You literally are recharging. And you can right picture now. it. You can picture it as well, like in your head, right? Like beep, like the bar is going up when you're recharging. <laughs> <laughs> One more bar. It's then like a process that you can wait for. But that's what I think it's so funny, like because of that exhibition, like I arrived from London, I had three months to work, and then I got there and I'm found a space in the exhibition and I called up the lady. I was like, Can I come here in three months? And at the end of August, and she said, Yeah, I've got a space. I was like, Amazing. She says, like, send me photos of your work and we can start promoting it. I was like, eh, I've not started painting them yet. She's like, <laughs> Carrie, she start in three months. Yeah, there's going to be 12 paintings. And, and I could, I, I seen how it was all going to be. I was like, it's going to be like this, this, this. Yeah, but Carrie, she's not started painting. And these paintings are like 30 by 40 inches. And everyone's looking at me like, Carrie, she's not painted one. I was like, yeah, there's 12 to do. How much fun? How exciting? And everyone's looking at me like I'm mad. But then, it's like, as you were saying, all day, all night, you're like, painting away, painting mm -hmm. away. And then you do it, and it's the best feeling ever. Yeah. If I had a long period of time, it would not have got done. It wouldn't have been done. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> if I had I... all year to do it. I think that's also something like I had a very complicated relationship with like procrastination for a long time until yeah. I was able to, because I thought I was leaving things to the last minute because I was lazy. Right. And again, it's mm -hmm. like, no, this is the process. Like, this is how you think you're putting it all together in your brain and you absolutely need the fast deadline of being last minute to do it. Like it's all part of how you get it out. Otherwise it's yeah. never going to get out. And get the motivation, isn't it? That's what yeah. comes down to the motivation to do it. <laughs> Oh yeah, exactly. Right. When, and so you're like, well, now I have this deadline and so I'm going to, I have to get it all done and it's probably oh, going to be the night before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we're so complicated. It's great. I love it. I love it. I'd like to take a moment to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. If you're a regular listener of this podcast, you know I am a big proponent of therapy. Therapy provides me the best opportunity for verbal processing, something that is so important for my kind of brain and my sense of self. What I love about BetterHelp is that it's not a crisis line, it's not self-help, it is professional therapy that's done securely online from the comfort of your home. They assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and it's available for clients worldwide, so you get access to a broad range of expertise that might not be available to you locally. It also tends to be more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available. If you visit their website and read their testimonials, there are actually quite a few reviews that specifically reference how Help with ADHD. As a special offer for listeners of the Women and ADHD podcast, you'll get 10% off your first month. Simply sign up at betterhelp.com slash women ADHD. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash women ADHD. And there's a link in the show notes. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, let's talk about like how people can find you or how do you, how do you work with women? Um, how do you find your subjects? So I 
I contact a lot of women through Instagram a lot of the times what I have been doing when I see someone that I just like think that I want to connect with. Recently I'm working on a project with women in Belarusian prisons because I didn't realise how suppressed women in Belarus are. Um, so I'm working on that just now but that was due to someone that came into the exhibition and wanted to work with me. So I just kind of let it all happen and flow how it's meant to. I meet a lot of them in lots of different ways. Um, and how I work with the women is I just interview them and I suppose like on reflection it's kind of like an occupational therapy interview right because that's what I need to do I need to learn a lot of information about someone really quick and capture who they are really quickly um, through a conversation so I just ask them a lot of convers- a lot of questions about who they are what they are and what, what they find joy and purpose in because I also don't want to have any of the trauma that they've been through on the painting which is why this, the story is separate because again like I don't want to take the reality of that away, but you're so much more than the trauma you've been through. So yeah. it's all the things that bring them joy. Um, so yeah, I just talk to them um, most of the time through FaceTime because it has been obviously after the pandemic recently. Um, and then they just send me a selfie and I just paint from the selfie and then we add all, we write a list of all the things that they want in it that's meaningful to them. Maybe their mum represents a butterfly or an owl or something like that. So then that image represents something to them. Um, in terms of where to find me, I'm on Instagram. Um, at KYK underscore artist and I've also got a website where all the women's stories are um, that is www.kykdesigns.co.uk yeah I'll, ha- I'll have all those links in the show notes too Perfect. And, and, and then the subject chooses a charity and so a the quarter subject, of the, yeah, the proceeds yeah, a subject chooses a charity and a quarter of the profits all go to that chosen charity. So like on the website, there's the women's painting, their name, a word that they've chosen as well to represent them. Um, just basically to kind of give them the power to choose a powerful word. One of my favourite women that I painted, she's disabled in quotation marks. She's got a limb difference and the word she chose was able and her story was all about how she's able and that just brought me so much joy. I'm like, that word is perfect for you because you're so able. It's just another da like diagnose diagnostic word or another silly name for a box which doesn't make any sense so yeah they also choose the word right and it's uh, and you know and then you think about like so many so many of the disabilities that are faced in our society are based on society's inability to accommodate right and so yeah, like when yeah. you think about like you know when you ask somebody you know what is the biggest um, what is the biggest problem that you face with your disability? And then the answer, like, my problem is other people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, I, you hear that all the time and same with neurodivergency, right. Too, like with autistic adults, like the problem isn't me. The problem is how people react to me and, or, or yeah. don't. Yeah. Or the uncomfortable feelings that you feel because I'm not fitting into societal norms. Yeah. And then who's even made up these societal norms? Because actually, if you're to go to a different country, then you're going to feel just as uncomfortable because they're all doing things in different ways because the culture is completely different to here. Like, it's madness. Yeah, that, but that's a whole other conversation. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you are a powerhouse. I thoroughly enjoyed uh, picking your brain. Thank you so much. I yes, really enjoyed I love having this conversation. You this has been gorgeous. And there you have it. Thank you for listening. And I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Women and ADHD podcast. Also, you know, we ADHDers crave feedback and I would really appreciate hearing from you, the listener. If you're a fan of the podcast, please take a moment to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or Audible. And if that feels like too much and I get it, then just take a few seconds right now to give me a five-star rating. 
or share this episode on your own social media to help reach more women who maybe have yet to discover and lean into this gift of neurodivergency. And they may still be struggling and don't even know why. And if you'd like to find out more about me and my one-on-one coaching for women with ADHD, head over to womenandadhd.com slash coaching. And you can always find that link in the show notes. I'll see you next week when I interview another amazing woman who discovered that she is not lazy or crazy or broken, but she has ADHD and she is now on the path to understanding her neurodiversity and finally using this gift to her advantage. Take care till then.